This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 23. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, cross-notice jujitsu, using a party's cross-notice against it. Now, before I jump into this subject for this episode, which deals with a tactic I developed and occasionally use when an opposing lawyer cross-notices my depositions, I wanted to talk for a minute about the reason for this podcast and my books. One of the fundamental questions for lawyers looking to expand their skill set is, how do I learn? And I guess that's one of the motivations for me to do this podcast. It's for litigators who want to gain complete mastery over the deposition process. It's not lost on me that one of the key ways that lawyers used to become lawyers in the 18th and 19th century was by apprenticing in the office of lawyers already established in the profession. They would engage in all sorts of tasks, including clerical tasks, while reading about the law and learning how more experienced lawyers did what they do. That can be harder to come by now. The practice is hectic. Trials have all but vanished. Many lawyers take a limited number of depositions so that even an attorney with 20 or 30 years practice may not have the kind of depth and breadth in the art and science of depositions to mentor less experienced lawyers. Many new lawyers start out on their own and can't find mentors. Many experienced lawyers work in large, highly competitive law firms where it can be a little hard to get folks down the hall to share their best strategies and tactics. Sometimes groups of lawyers begin practicing together where no one in the group has significantly greater experience than the others. And so now we have to try to recreate this idea of mentorship and try to figure out how to impart wisdom, best practices, and so on. There are other kinds of assets you can find, like seminars and books, especially as we move away from the sort of professional mentorship environment that I was talking about. But there's still no substitute for talking to and learning from lawyers who've been on the front line for decades and whose experience has been hard fought in thousands and thousands of cases. So my books and this podcast are a place to start if you're looking to really deep dive and figure out what makes deposition practices effective. When you start thinking analytically about how to do things you want to do, you can hold on to these examples of what a great technique is. So steeping yourself into the techniques will help you get into the nitty gritty, the details of the process. And that's critical. Because if your learning is suboptimal, then maybe you won't perform at the moment you need to perform if you haven't been exposed to a wide and deep range of strategies and tactics. For you, in your learning environment, if you're not learning how the rules fit, how they interplay, how other lawyers may use them against you, then your decision-making and your judgments are based on something that may not be quite dialed in. They may not be focused in the way that you should be focused so that you can make an accurate judgment about the situation presented to you. And that's especially important in the context of learning the science and practice of depositions because you might not be learning the right thing. And here's what I'm talking about. If a lawyer practices in an environment with no high end, that lawyer may begin to develop habits that don't quite work. And once litigators start to develop habits, it becomes much harder to change them if and when the lawyer switches to a different environment. So I say spending some time, maybe a lot of time, sharpening deposition skills is highly recommended. And that's why I spend the time I do in the lead book in my series, the 10,000 Depositions Later book, and in putting together this podcast to offer an alternative to the generic seminars and treatises 
that litigators can attend or buy and to offer insights and guidance from someone who's taken tens of thousands of depositions. All right, on to today's episode, cross-notice judo, using an opponent's cross-notice against it. Suppose you've noticed depositions of another party's witnesses or of non-party witnesses, and at the last minute, your opponent cross-notices all of them. They wouldn't have ordinarily deposed their own witnesses and were relying on your notice of non-party witnesses to be able to have a crack at them. But either way, now that you're taking them, they're going to glom onto your depositions, benefit from your examination to sharpen their own immediate follow-up, and hopefully get a better outcome. So what to do? Well, if you believe the other lawyer will proceed with the depositions because they do need them, consider immediately issuing a notice of cancellation, but still preparing for and attending what will now be the adversary's depositions, where you can now listen to the opposing lawyer's examination first and then conduct your cross. In effect, you're flipping the script and leveraging the adversary's cross notice judo style against them. Now the opposing lawyer goes first and now you conduct a cross with the benefit of their examination. Okay, a few quick practical observations. First, this works best if you have a good sense the opposing lawyer is going to proceed based on their cross notice and not abandon his or her plan to question the witnesses. They may well proceed, especially if the deponents are non-party witnesses that need to be questioned by somebody. Then too, some lawyers just take a fairly wooden approach to practice and will proceed with their cross-noticed depositions, whether it actually benefits them or not. And then, of course, on occasion, there will be a few lawyers that may sense what you're doing, effectively forcing them to go first, and they may immediately cancel their cross-notice. That's what those folks are more likely to do. But if you have the ability to reset your depositions, in the event the opposing lawyers opt to abandon their cross-notice, which means the depositions are completely off, then there's no harm in trying this strategy. Just get the depositions reset, and take them as you originally planned. Now, this strategy or tactic presumes that you're not up against discovery deadlines and that you're not dealing with witnesses that are in poor health, about to move outside the jurisdiction, or who may otherwise be unavailable at trial. Now, the goal here with this tactic is the same as it is with every deposition strategy or tactic, which is to gather information and to conduct depositions in the most advantageous way possible. As I say, it doesn't work if canceling the depositions could leave you without testimony at all, such as if you're right at the end of discovery. Finally, another benefit of this tactic is that if you're in a jurisdiction, such as in federal court, where there's a limit on the number of depositions you can take, this strategy, if the opposing lawyer opts to proceed based on his or her cross notice, means you won't have used any of your deposition slots because you technically canceled your own. All right, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. And be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And we'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. That's because that rating helps float our podcast to the surface in our category for others who may be looking for it. Thanks again.